Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the official Warlord Games podcast. My name is Brad, and I am hosting the official Warlord Games podcast, where we talk about the new and exciting games that are coming up from Warlord. Now, we have a ripper of a guest this week, a man who's whose work is on my shelf right now. Um, now, you might know him from uh, being a contributing author on the Starship Troopers game. You might know him as the author of Victory at Sea, Babylon 5, the space combat game, Dread, the Mongoose miniature game, not the one that's coming up, the old Judge Dread game, which is where it's on my shelf. But most recently, we would know this gentleman as the author of Warlord's newest warband historical battle game, SPQR. Of course, I'm talking about Matthew Sprange. Matthew, welcome to the Warlord cast. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. Oh, man, there has been a lot of hype and talk about this game. Uh, it's hard to know where to start. Um, now, SPQR... <laughs> has just come out and it is out in stores it is out in the warlord store right now and i know it is hitting shores uh as far as the post goes in australia so it's it's everywhere um why don't you give us a, a taste of what people can find when they open the book uh well in a nutshell it's um uh set in the ancient world around mm -hmm. the uh greek and roman times uh, people build up small war bands. This is a game about the battles you don't hear uh, in the history books. So um, it concentrates on the border raiding and um, uh, taking of cattle, um, uh, building up your uh, war bands mm -hmm. um, and your uh, heroes to uh, try and forge your way through history. Nice. So this is almost like a an anti-hero hammer, if you will. It's It's not the the big heroic battles with the massive you know figures in history it's the other guys the guys who are off defending pillaging raiding doing all of the the smaller uh conflicts that you know over time build up experience and uh have a story and narrative of their own that's right it uh, concentrates on forces of um perhaps a, a dozen to 40 or 50 models um mm -hmm. if you want to go for the uh the big hordes Nice. So that was my next question. So if we put this on a tabletop, um, just to give people an initial scale of how big we're talking, um, how big a table and um, just give us a taste of, say, maybe some of the smaller armies and some of the larger warbands. We, throughout the book, we assume a four by four table, but mm -hmm. uh, because of the way the uh, deployment zones go, you can go uh, bigger or larger. Um, we do make uh, reference to someone using a two by two table in the uh, in the in the rule book. Uh, that will be a very intense game. You can scale up larger to uh, six by four uh, once you get um, uh, more experienced and larger war bands. Um, as for the uh, the sizes, it's it's fairly obvious. Uh, Roman forces um, tend to be quite small. Um, the uh, Celtic. Uh, tribes tend to be quite large. We also get uh, forces kind of in the middle, like um, uh, Persian forces have uh, a very wide range of units. So you can concentrate on the uh, force based around, say, the elite mortals, uh, immortals, or um, uh, concentrate on uh, levies and have a, a huge force or, or a mix of the two. So it's, uh, you, you've got a good spread there. 
Nice. And you get a total... I mean, there are 10 separate army lists that you can build from for this um, that really do span quite a, a wide breadth of that sort of ancient world at the time. Um, do you want to talk us through some of your favorites uh, and sort of talk us through them? Sure. Um, we started off with the... Um, Three main uh, Greek city-states, uh, Athens, uh, Thebes, and uh, Sparta. Mm -hmm. um, what we're trying to do there was um, uh, make sure they all uh, felt different. So uh, Thebes isn't just uh, a variation on um, uh, Athens with the odd new unit. Um, <clears throat> we actually make it feel different uh, to play on the battlefield. Um, uh, from the uh, the Greek side of things, which covers um, obviously Persia as well, we move into um, uh, Caesar's legions and uh, uh, Imperial Rome, which are always uh, always a favourite of mine, mm -hmm. and so iconic too. Indeed, especially for uh, Warlord. Oh yeah, there are uh, one or two Imperial Roman models in their range. Yes. Um. Yeah, as, the, uh, as I said, with the, um, uh, the Greek city-states, trying to get them feeling different, we um, uh, did the same thing with the, uh, with the Celts as well. So mm. you've got uh, the choice of the Britons and the Gauls, but also um, Iberia and not technically, technically uh, Celts, but uh, Germania as well. Um, uh, so the challenge there was um, making them feel different. So it's not just uh, a horde of barbarians. Uh, these ones got spiky hairs. These ones got a few druids with them. Um, but actually getting them to feel different in play. Nice. Well, let's let's dig into that because we're sort of rapid firing through this. Let's maybe mm. slow it back a step and talk about some, some of these forces. Um, do you have any personal favorites? Where, where would you like to start? Um, let's talk about sort of the identity and sort of how the rules help flesh out these particular um, forces. Well, picking out a favourite is always going to be different because when um, I approach army lists in any game, the trick I find is, um, for want of a better term, finding the cool, uh, finding a reason why people want to play that particular force and then building on that and um, uh, making it exciting. Um, in SPQR, one of the ways we do that um, uh, beyond the actual um, uh, differing units in a list is, you mentioned 40-odd scenarios before. Mm -hmm. What we do is have six general scenarios that anyone can use um, in the book, but then each warband gets uh, three of its own unique scenarios that it um, can use during a campaign nice. that uh, reflects their um, uh, tactics or um, some some cool aspect of the of the force. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, um, the Spartan forces um, get their uh, last stand scenario. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and the uh, the Persians um, uh, actually get one uh, called uh, numbers count for everything, where they can just keep cycling um, uh, units onto onto the table. Um, but yeah, it's it's finding um, those unique little bits to uh, give each um, uh, each warband a little spark, should we say? Yeah, that that flavor that really makes it individual, not just um, just another flavor of the same army list. That's right. Yes. Um, I mean, there's. Uh, I was going to say, there's only so much you can do. Um, uh, 
because some of the forces are um, at their core very similar. For example, all Greek city-states will have hoplites. Right. But you can make um, Spartan hoplites uh, a little bit more exciting. Uh, Spartans get the helots, whereas um, uh, the others are uh, based more around the uh, Siloy and Peltasts, for example. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then by having them play out those scenarios, you really are, instead of maybe having what you might consider a, a national rule for bolt action sake, for example, in this, you actually are playing out the different scenarios to give those armies their unique feel. Exactly. Um, I mean, you can still, we try to keep the, the global rules for um, forces um, simple and to a minimum. Um, for instance, if, you, uh, if you're Greek, your archers are going to suck big time. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, so we, we can put little things like that in. Mm. Um, but yes, it comes through more the, uh, more the way the forces actually play. Um, the, um, the unique scenarios um, do add a great deal, although coming up with that many um, unique missions is uh, a challenge as a writer. I can imagine, um, yeah. Sort of avoid repeating yourself. Um, uh, and the, the other aspect is we have, uh, each force has um, a number of what we call heroes of legend, mm. um, people drawn from um, uh, real history uh, that you can bring into your war band when things start getting, um, uh, start turning badly for you. Oh, nice. So it's it's a balancing uh, mechanic for the campaign system. Basically, I mean, we found whenever you have games with these sort of um, campaign systems uh, that concentrate on um, uh, war bands or squads or um, uh, whatever they have in the game, mm-hmm. um, you always get one person stonking ahead of uh, everyone else. And at that point, the campaign's kind of foregone conclusion. Um, what we've done to counter that is every force has what we call a mercenary list, um, which basically allows them to bring um, uh, additional units in f- um, uh, for one-time battles mm-hmm. to balance when you're facing a, a much nastier foe. Now, those forces can come from your um, original warband list, um, so you've already got the models. But we've got, uh, at the end of the book, um, uh, an actual mercenaries section um, nice. that uh, has a variety of units that you can um, uh, bring into your force that are different. For instance, uh, Romans can bring in their Numidian skirmishers. Um, Greeks can bring in their Thessalian cavalrymen. So you have that variety. But layered on top of that, um, treated in uh, the same way, you've got the heroes of legend. So if you're playing Macedonia and, uh, and the Persians have been giving you right kicking, uh, next battle, bring the Alex, uh, young Alexander along. He'll he'll sort things out. <laughs> oh, wow. So we do really have those big heroes in this game as well, don't we? We do. Um, and on that, um, in terms of inspiration, we kind of got uh, a split in this game. Um, so we, uh, we'll look up um, a certain historical figure mm-hmm. um, for a specific war band and uh, we'll look at the things they did in the larger battles and we'll start thinking well can we use any of that through uh, special rules to um, uh, represent um, their effect um, on the wider world but mm. bring it down to the war band level the other thing we did was look at uh, popular culture um, 
uh, and maybe uh, draw on that a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. For example, if you um, just got it in front of me now, if you're Persian, you can bring along Artemisia, who is um, Ava Green all over. Mm -hmm. um, Special rule emasculator. Every male hero within 12 inches, friend or foe, uh, gives her a bonus melee dice and uh, they lose them. Again, friend or foe. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Because uh, she's straight out of the second 300 movie. Yes, the superior movie. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. That is a fantastic although, movie. Although, if you, if you take Ava Green out, I don't know if it stays the superior movie. That's um, people mm. can argue about that one. Yeah, but I mean, it, well, it, it value adds to the first as well. Oh yes, um, and that that was the theme um, writing this book, um, uh, hitting the um, uh, the history books in um, uh, a big way and scouring the internet for um, any little tidbits I could uh, add to the uh, both the heroes and the uh, the actual forces. Mm -hmm. um, but while writing it, I also had the likes of um, uh, 300 and the Spartacus TV series on as well. Mm -hmm. So it's it's got that kind of feel to it. It's 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 a fun game, not a completely historical serious game. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I love the I love the mix of the two because on one hand, you if you really do want to represent something in history, you can. But also, if you really want to get those cinematic moments from uh, your favorite movie or television show, you can get that on the table as well. Just sounds oh, like absolutely. fun. Absolutely. I mean, we stuck all the rules in so you can leap between buildings um, or fall, fall between them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so yeah, we, uh, we're, not, we're not trying to honk off the deeply historical crowd there's still going to be plenty in there for them but at the same time um we wanted to put uh, at least a cinematic twist on it well while we're talking about cinematics i guess it, we can't go far i mean i know you've mentioned the campaign system for this game but i think that is really one of the key uh features of this game that it isn't just a one-off skirmish game that over time it really does build up in a big way um, and you really do get a an individual flavor um, when you are putting these battles on the tabletop with your friends um, that really builds that narrative, helps to bring the cinematics on the tabletop to life. Well, that's one of the things <clears throat> I wanted to uh, aim at. Um, you can do um, one-off battles, and we've uh, provided mm. the uh, guidelines to do that, but it all is all really based around the campaign. Um, but we made sure with both the rules and the forces sizes that uh, once you've got the rules down, uh, a game will take um, perhaps 20 to 40 minutes um, uh, to get through. So if you've got a bunch of guys together, uh, you can play through uh, a large part of a campaign in one evening um, or do the whole thing over a, over a weekend. And it gives you a chance to actually see your uh, heroes develop as they uh, acquire new talents um, and uh, special abilities. Yeah. Um, uh, throughout the course of a single evening, you're not just hanging around waiting for um, uh, grinding away formal battles and I can get that uh, a new thing. You will see it, um, uh, as I say, over the course of an evening, your warband will be noticeably better at the end of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Not, I mean, you're not, as you say, you're not playing four games, grinding something out so you can, your general can have a shiny hat. I mean, you're actually developing and building up over time and... Yeah, that is just that is excellent. And it, it means that you can, for those of us who are time poor, go in with some friends. And even if you are super time poor, get 
maybe two or three games in in a, in a casual weekday gaming evening, um, let alone if you can actually get a full day or weekend like you're describing. Well, that's it. I mean, it's if you're playing um, most many other uh, miniatures games um, through a campaign, you're doing um, one game in a, a club evening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we wanted to uh, kick, kick that up a gear. That's awesome. And given uh, that it is wargaming in the ancient world, uh, quite a few people will have models for this already. Um, you know, oh, of yeah. course, Warlord is selling some beautiful models mm-hmm. to go along with it. But uh, it's one of those things. You go to a club and uh, people already are pulling their ancients out. If there's time between games, even, you can play a quick one off of this. Or, um, you know, you can talk a mate into playing a couple of those and build up your forces over time. Indeed, and if you've put um, your uh, existing models on, um, if you've multi-based them, Mm -hmm. uh, you can still use them in the game. We've included rules to handle that as well. Brilliant. I was going to ask how that was handled. Um, Is that how does that disadvantage people a lot, or I mean, is it just uh, a standard part of the game, or is that something that requires a fair bit of adaption? Not really. It's um, uh, just a way of grouping people together. So if you've got um, uh, a unit they're all going to be within one inch of each other anyway mm-hmm. if you've multi-based four onto a base they're not going to be that much closer together um so yeah it's, it's just a, a quicker way to move um uh, the hordes of models oh that's awesome and it means that people can play with their existing toys which everyone loves to do indeed now, I know that Warlord is selling box sets for this game um, that are, have all the models that you would need to play that Warband in it, um, or at least to get you started with some of the larger ones. Uh, and I know those have unit cards in them. I know a few people have been wondering, are the rules actually in the book itself, or do I need to buy those boxes to get the cards? Everything is included in the book, correct? That's correct. Um, the unit cards have... Um uh, have all the stats and any special rules that uh, the unit has. Uh, what it won't have is any um, options um, for that unit. Mm-hmm. Or I might be lying there. Actually, I've got a feeling it does have those options. What it won't have are um, uh, the, the traits, the um, uh, defined rules we have. For example, um, if a unit has the uh, lethal rule, which um, does more damage and cracks armor easier, uh, it'll say lethal on the card, but you refer to the book to uh, find out what the lethal rule actually does. Um, but uh, again, you'll pick those up very, very quickly. Right. And it, you, of course, need the basic rule book anyway if you're going to play the game, just so you know how to play the game. Indeed. The, the card, unit cards are uh, a good reference when you're actually playing. Nice. Yeah, I can imagine just having those rules right at your fingertips, you know, the unit stats, saves the endless flipping when playing games. Indeed. Well, I know when we were talking off air, you mentioned that you like to have a short, punchy rule set that um, people can easily pick up, play through, figure out, and then you like to add a good set of advanced rules um, to sort of deepen play. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I think that um, is definitely worth talking about uh, for people interested in the game. Well, I think this is common in pretty much um, all the miniatures games I've done. They mm-hmm. try and get the um, <clears throat> basic rules down into just a, a dozen or so pages. Um, uh, and that will let uh, units move around, fight, shoot, uh, pretty much do everything. Uh, that means people can pick up the game really within quite literally within five or ten minutes of uh, actually doing it. 
you can then add um, uh, the chrome, some people call it, um, mm -hmm. uh, on top of that. So you can have uh, both broaden and deepen the game. Um, but do it uh, in steps. It's um, so you're not constantly referring to the rulebook just to move a unit across the table. You already know how to do that. Uh, right. But when something interesting happens, like um, an elephant gets really scared and starts uh, bombing off in a uh, uh, random direction, that's when you go to the rulebook to um, uh, double check things. Nice. So obviously elephants are in this so beyond the, the basic humans that are out there um what sort of griblies can we encounter in the ancient world uh well the um uh, britons and some of the other celts the ghouls i think have um got their war dogs of course mm -hmm. uh we have uh romans on camels um nice. you got some of the uh war machines such as uh the, the scorpio and um uh, yeah, of course, the um, uh, elephants, which are always going to be a favorite. Between you and me, elephants are not very good, uh, <laughs> but people are going to want them. Yeah. Um, I mean, who, who doesn't want an elephant on the table that if you just, you know, point it in vaguely the right direction? Right. Um, and I know people were asking about chariots as well. Um, yes, both the Persians and the Britons have got chariots. Nice. Now, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, jump too far down the gun, um, but I do know that several people have been asking, um, given just how many warbands are already included in this game and not wanting to sound greedy, um, is there uh, any plans at all to develop further warbands in the future uh, once, you know, we see how this game goes? Or is that something that Warlords are already looking at? Uh, we've already... Um in the, the process of that, um, uh, we've got uh, rules sketched out for uh, Carthage, Republican Rome, and my favourite, the Roman Slave rev uh, Revolt. Oh, very nice. Um, they need some uh, tweaking, and uh, obviously Warlord needs to get their um, uh, get some miniatures together for them. Mm -hmm. um, but we're uh, playtesting them now. They're looking good. I love the Slave Revolt. Um, so, uh, yes, you, um, all going well, you will see, uh, more war bands in the, uh, fairly near future. Fantastic. Oh, that's great news. Uh, now, clearly when researching this, uh, there are just so many, uh, historical actions, movies, uh, books, comic books, television shows that you could have drawn from and did draw from, it sounds like. Um, are there any sort of historical anecdotes that you can think of right off the top of your head that uh, sort of led to the creation of specific scenarios? I know you mentioned the 300, the both sides of the, uh, the last stand of the 300 Spartans. Um, but were there other things that sort of you, you knew going into this game that you desperately wanted to include or you found along the way that you thought, wow, that's cool. I have to put that in there. There's uh, the quick answer is yes. I'm just trying to think of when well, I'm just flicking through the book now because I've got an idea where mm. I need to look. Uh, da, 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 da. Was it Cleon? There's going through um, uh, with the uh, Heroes of Legend. Um, Warlord did ask to have um, X amount of um, uh, heroes for um, uh, each warband. Some warbands got more than others. Mm -hmm. um, Imperial Rome has a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, now and again, you'd come across something like, um, yeah, here's a good one. Um, 
Germania. Um, mm-hmm. Already had um, uh, Arminius in there as a hero. Oh, nice. um, and Warlord says, it'd be nice if we could have another uh, another hero. And that had me scratching my head and doing some uh, research. I couldn't find another German, uh, notable uh, German hero. So, um, yeah, that took some uh, fairly deep reading to um, to find. Uh, in the end, I went with, trying to pronounce this, Ariovistus, mm-hmm. I think was his name. Um uh, not quite the um, uh, doesn't have the fame of uh, Arminius, but um, uh, yeah. So there was uh, there was little things like that. Um, uh, sticking with Germania, um, uh, there's obviously um, you have the large battles of Romans getting uh, ambushed in the uh, in the forests. Mm-hmm. So we thought that would be quite a good idea to bring down to uh, a smaller warband level with. Um, uh, Roman patrols um, uh, digging their way through um, uh, thick vegetation. So again, one of the um, unique scenarios for Germania is forest fight, where um, basically you try and fill your table full of trees and bushes, hide all the German units, stick the Romans in the middle, and uh, well, just watch them get slaughtered, really. <laughs> yeah, try and fight their way out. Uh, reminds me of the Britannia television show where, uh, you know, they, the, the trees came alive. Um, this is true. Yes, exactly. That, that was another source of inspiration, that, that program. <laughs> mm, such a good one, too. Uh, so what are um, so what makes some of the characters um, tick in this game? Um, how do the special rules interact with them to make them um, sort of pop on the tabletop? Um, I'm just going to pick one at uh, random. We've already been through um, Artemisia, because, mm. um, you know, why not? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I can think of a better reason than why not, but yes, Eva Green, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, yes, I mean, the special rules for her were drawn straight out of um, 300, not going to make any um, apologies for that. But mm-hmm. if we have a look at, again, just flicking through, Caesar's Legions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we've got... Um, <laughs> As, That's a happy so laugh. I'm, I'm just looking at Mark Antony now. But ah. um, I, I drew from um, uh, the Rome TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't tell you what his special ability is um, because it's a, a direct quote from Rome and it's not PG rated. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, but uh, basically um, in the Rome series, uh, he always carried the loyalty of um, his uh, of the uh, men uh, below him. Um, and so his special rule um, uh, covers that. We've got uh, Lucius Varinus and Titus Pullo in there um, as well. So Pullo is, um, has his special ability, heroic rashness. Um, if he's um, uh, fighting an enemy unit, his men start running. He's going to stick around or um, do something really quite stupid. Varinus, on the other hand, has a special, special ability, uh, duty is all. Um, uh, and he he serves as uh, an anchor for uh, other uh, legionaries, so um, it's it's split between the popular culture um, aspects of these heroes and the um, uh, the deeper history. Um, all depends where what what's more fun really. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now, as you said, this is a scenario-based game, and we have the characters, we have the units. They're on the tabletop. Um, is this a turn? Is how does the turn work for this game? 
Right. Why? Um, we have the dice of fate. Mm -hmm. um, that both players roll right at the uh, start of each turn. Whoever wins that roll gets to pick whether they go um, first or second in that turn. Nice. Um, and there's various ways to um, influence those dice. Um, uh, generally through um, uh, certain heroes have uh, talents or special abilities that allow you to re-roll or pick numbers or just simply flat out choose what it's going to be. Mm. Um, what this means is um, you don't have the constant um, uh, switching of turns. So you move all your take all the actions um, with your force, then your opponent does the same. Uh, you might find that... Um, uh, if you choose to go uh, first in a turn, your opponent then um, uh, moves uh, his warband. Come the next turn, he might get that. Uh, he might um, be able to choose the um, choose to have the first turn that turn uh, that time. Mm -hmm. So he's effectively getting two turns in a row, oh. and you've got to be able to guard against that. Yeah. Um, it kind of represents um, a force uh, either stealing the initiative or. Uh, uh, gaining a march on the uh, enemy forces. Um, but the the important thing to remember with that um, system is that it's not entirely random. Um, the The key thing is to remember is if you win that role, um, you're getting, you're not necessarily getting um, to go first in that turn, you're getting the choice to. And it's quite um, valuable at times to let your opponent go first. Not least because if you do that, he cannot double turn you in the next turn. Nice. Whereas mm -hmm. you have um, a base 50-50 chance that you will be able to double turn. Um, now, that might not be worth much in the uh, first couple of turns of the game where you're just moving into position. Mm -hmm. it, could be ab it could be a game winner right at the end. Nice. And I like how, as you say, it's not random. There is strategy involved and you actually have to do some thinking and consider it um, because it can have big consequences on the tabletop if you don't. Exactly. I mean, we've got um, uh, at the start of the rule book um, about half a page uh, box text that um, uh, explains why this isn't strictly random, how it can be manipulated, how it can be nice. in a sense predicted. Oh, that's fantastic. So you're giving people um, sort of the, the knowledge on how to, uh, to work that into the tactics of the game right away. So they're not just automatically thinking, wait a minute, this is random. Well, that's it. Um, I mean, we don't generally don't um, uh, do that. I prefer to bury things in the rules that uh, players can um, get, to grip with, get to grips with and learn for themselves. Mm. Um, but I knew that one could possibly be contentious, so it was it was worth uh, a box text to explain. Yeah, nice. Um, were there other box texts that, or a little text box that you included throughout the text to uh, represent other things that you wanted to highlight, or did you use that for sort of uh, neat little anecdotes? Um, in general, we kept them for. Um, uh, I'm just looking at some of the moment. Uh, normally right. examples, but um, uh, for example, we got one um, that covers uh, WYSIWYG in games and mm -hmm. how seriously you should take it. Um, uh, basically, we go on the uh, the gentleman's um, uh, side of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay if you've got uh, a couple of spearmen in your um, uh, band of uh, swordsmen, um, but don't have um, uh, 20 of them and uh, call them swords. Uh, a, a real gentleman wouldn't do that. Right. 
And I mean, again, that comes back to you guys um, providing for players the opportunity to use the models they may already have, the forces they may already have, or the flexibility if they're playing a campaign with their friends. Well, I wouldn't regard that one as a rule per se. It's um, more of um, it's how you should, pro should approach all miniatures games, really. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, but the golden rule is um, your opponent should be able to look at your force and know what you've got without having to see your army list. That's mm. that's the baseline we take. Nice. Right on. Well, uh, let's let's get back to the turn then. So um, you've talked about the dice of fate. And so um, how else does the play then sort of uh, occur over the course of a turn? We try to keep um, things um, very quick because the, the target was getting games done within uh, 24, 20 to 40 minutes. Right. Um, so uh, basically each unit has uh, two actions, um, which can be um, move, shoot, uh, melee, or uh, what we call a special action, which is a, a catch-all we use for uh, special abilities and special rules. Mm. Um, but you can do those in any combination. So if you want to run a unit across the, uh, across the battlefield, uh, you take two move actions. If you want to get your archers into position, move, then shoot. Um, if you just want to pound the enemy, two shoot actions and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and that is basically uh, it. You uh, select one unit, decide which um, actions it's going to do, do those, then move on to the next unit. It is a very, very fast system. Well, it sounds like the, the turns are very short and punchy. Um, with that in mind, uh, how many turns do you have in a game, or does it depend? Is it mission dependent? It is mission dependent. Um, uh, perhaps uh, a quarter of the uh, missions um, state you win by slaughtering the other side completely, and that's always, almost always, an option um uh, to win um but no normally it's um uh, achieving things you're you can expect a game to last let's say four to eight turns depending on what is actually going on well let's talk about how we can get into this game because there are sort of two alternatives of course there is the rule book which comes with the special sacrifice miniature um is that a particular historical character or is that just a, a really cool model with a with a goat <laughs> I, I, I think that's just a cool model with a goat. Nice. Um, we, although we do have um, uh, scenarios based around uh, both sacrificing and um, herding cattle about. Mm. Um, there was a, a battle report done in War Games Illustrated magazine. Um, we had uh, one of their chaps come down here and we uh, played a battle out. You can see how it um, goes. Um, but basically, it was um, uh, Romans trying to steal pigs. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, sweet. Nice. Well, uh, so that is the basic rules, and it comes with that model. But if you want that model and you also want the rules, you can also get uh, the box set, um, which, of course, is a Clash of Heroes, which is um, Gauls versus Romans in the historical uh, Dukeroo, so to speak. Um, and the, it's a box set, and it includes your Roman hero. You have um, Romans with Gladius, uh, Romans with Pilum. You have uh, a Roman decal sheet. You get your Gaul chieftain. Um, you get 40 um, Gaelic Celts. You get some Celtic archers. Uh, again, you get some decal sheets. The bases for everything. You get a bunch of dice uh, and unit cards. And, of course, that also comes with the free miniature I mentioned above. Um, now, that is 
a hell of a deal for 40 pounds. Um, you get two, you know, it sounds like two 500 denarii, which is the starting point of the game-ish forces. Um, and you get uh, everything you need to play. Is that about right? Uh, yes, it's, um, you're probably getting a little bit more than um, uh, the 500 denarii uh, for each force. So um, uh, you do have the uh, option to uh, switch things out or uh, mess around with their equipment and so forth. Nice. And let's talk about the 500 denarii limit, um, because what is that? Is that that is the point value of this game system, correct? Uh, that's the starting level for um, uh, for warbands in a campaign. It's enough to get you um, uh, two to three units plus uh, one or two heroes, depending how you've uh, got things set up. Uh, but as you progress through the campaign, um, you'll uh, earn more denarii. You can buy more units. Uh, your heroes will um, uh, get more experienced and start uh, gaining uh, new talents, um, and that increases their value as well. So um, you will get uh, larger and more expensive forces as as time goes on. Um, and uh, as far as the campaign's concerned, we give uh, players um, several options to how uh, to gauge how somebody wins the campaign and getting um, a force up to X amount of denarii is, is one of those options. Nice. And looking at this, there are quite a few just, I mean, Warlord makes quite a few additional um, boxes that you can add on to the sort of starting forces. Um, if you do want to flesh out your forces and sort of give them their own feel beyond the starting boxes. I mean, we have everything from Scorpions, um, to Gaelic heroes, to warriors, to uh, Roman heroes. Um, it looks like there's there's quite, just scrolling through, quite the list. Um, yeah, I mean, Warlord um, either already produces all the uh, models that are in the uh, core rulebook, or in the case, I think, in the case of some of the heroes, uh, they're about to. Fantastic. Is there I any... want my Artemis model. <laughs> Sorry, say it again? I want my Artemisia model. <laughs> that was my next question. So are there any of those characters that uh, you they are making that they haven't yet that you are particularly looking forward to? And it sounds like she is a big one. Um, is she sort of, uh, uh, does she visually match the movie or are we looking at a more historical model? I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> nice. Well, it'll be a surprise for all of us then. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about some of the other heroes then um, that are coming up. Um, I know we've mentioned quite a few today. Um, are there any sort of romantic favorites that the fans might be interested in hearing about that they can go, oh, cool. I love that. I love the story of that person. Are they in this? And what are some of the other ones? Um well, uh, there's uh, the first one that springs to mind. People are either going to go cool or they're just going to groan. Um, Leonidas uh, oh, yeah. is in there, um, and he is absolutely rock hard. I think he's the highest level um, uh, hero that we have. Um, he's got the um, this is where we stand special rule, mm -hmm. um, where he basically declares he will not retreat from his current position and any unit he's leading just gets a lot nastier uh and he's got a second special rule this is where they die obviously taking the quotes from um uh, from the film um uh which uh <laughs> will allow his um uh, every spot and hoplite near him to uh pretty much crack any armor um 
that they're that they're facing, no matter what the uh, the enemy's wearing. Mm-hmm. And do we get the uh, the eye patch wearing friend, or uh, is that something we'll we just do? Have to we up? do. He's yes. in there. Yes. Um, uh, basically, he's got the. We we followed a more historical line for uh, for him. Um, I'm just going to try and pronounce it. Yes, which Aristides. is why I let you do it. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, we did less than 300. There were more of the um, uh, the the real guy who uh, had to leave Thermopylae because he got an eye infection. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm probably understating that somewhat. Yes. Um, but his special rule is uh, redemption. Um, he becomes suicidally uh, reckless uh, on the tabletop nice. uh, as he, he tries to regain his honor. Now, do we see what do we see in some of the other bands? Are there what do we, what do the Gauls get, for example? Gauls, I'm just flicking to those now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we got uh, Vercingetorix in there. Uh, I was uh, obviously seriously tempted to do Asterix, but um, mm-hmm. uh, sanity prevailed instead. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got Vercingetorix, and also uh, oh god, I've got to try and pronounce this one as a uh, Lucterius. Mm. Nice. Um, one of um, uh, Vercingetorix's um, uh, lieutenants, shall we say? So, what what rules do they have on the tabletop that sort of gives them the flavor? Um, well, again, Lucterius went to um, uh, actually went to, uh, to uh, shall we say proper history for both of these. Mm-hmm. Lucterius uh, gets uh, a guerrilla fighter rule, um, which basically allows him to um, uh, redeploy uh, a whole bunch of. Um, uh, his war band, um, so long as they they can be placed within or behind cover. So um, you get uh, the feeling of um, uh, fighting superior Roman forces, but in uh, a, a Gaelic way. Nice. Um, whereas Vercingetorix has um, a very popular guy able to draw warriors to him. If you're using mercenaries because you're facing a superior foe, uh, you can take a lot more of them. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, both of those give a very um, specific feel to the force that really, you know, adds to the army. Well, that's what we try and do um, every time. Again, looking at um, the uh, the Gaelic forces, we have, um, as I mentioned, uh, specific scenarios. We've got uh, the very first one is uh, Druidic Circle, um, where a bunch of uh, druids are getting together to do um, some something really nasty, and uh, the um, the opposing force has to has to stop them for uh, things really get out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> right on, nice. And uh, so, when speaking of this, I know you did mention that there were. Um shamans so to speak but there aren't there isn't actual magic in this game as cinematic as it gets it is still based in the real world well this is one of the things that we um discussed with warlord um during the development of the game and there was a point where we were looking seriously at uh, adding the mythic to the game so you would uh, greek forces would be able to call on the power of the gods druids could in a way cast spells but uh, in the end we shied away from that um i mean druids can curse people but it works because the people believe that they're cursed right um uh they they can give their blessings to um uh gaelic units it works because um the gauls think that magic actually exists um so 
that you do get special abilities like that, but it's always explainable in real life with real history. Mm, nice. Um, does that mean that maybe down the track there may be some mythic units, or is that are we sort of happier with uh, the way it is now? I I really don't know at the moment. I'm happy with the game as it is. I think our efforts will be better spent um, bringing new warbands in and um, possibly pushing the uh, the time frame um, uh, of the game. When we're talking about a, a Dark Ages version of SPQR, um, which looks like it's uh, going to be quite likely. Um, it gives me an excuse to watch Vikings again. So nice. You know, all good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Uh, so I, I know it is a little bit like uh, choosing children, but sometimes you just have to ask game designers um, when you've been playing this. And I know that uh, a lot of people you've been playing this and then a lot of people have been playtesting it for you. Um, who have you been using or have you sort of jumped around the shop trying different things out? Uh, it's been jumping around. As I say, it's it's difficult to pick our favorite one because what I purposefully tried to do is each time I started a warband list was finding the cool mm -hmm. in that list. So the, there's always something I can go back to and say, oh, yes, I really want to play um, uh, these guys um, uh, because of X, Y and Z. Uh, for example, uh, looking at the Greek city states, mm -hmm. um, there's going to be a lot of people who naturally gravitate to the Spartans because of the film 300. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Athens is uh, uh, going to be popular, uh, firstly, as um, um, perhaps the biggest and toughest of the city-states, but also because of 300 rise of an empire. Mm -hmm. um, so when I came to do Thebes, I had a close look at that. What, can, what angle can we have for Thebes? And you got the whole um, born from Hercules, Heracles uh, side of things. Mm -hmm. But in the end, looking through history, it becomes very apparent that you absolutely cannot trust Thebes to do anything. So there's lots <laughs> of uh, backstabbing type rules. Um, uh, but, but don't trust Thebans. It's, that's, that's the rule. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's nice because it, it's like a, that combination of um, the theatrical and the historical all-in-one game system, which is you know what we all like to do to a degree. Um, is to have that fun cinematic uh, aspect to gaming. Well, that was the the principal aim. Um, is not to uh, religiously try to replicate every period of history. It's to have fun. Yeah, exactly. You've got to, got to remember it's a game. Well, Matthew, I mean, that really is why we play all the games we do, isn't it? And I think with that, that is a wonderful way uh, to conclude this episode talking about Warlord's newest game. SPQR. Now, Matthew, thank you again for coming on. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, and I'm looking forward to putting this on the tabletop soon. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Right on. Um, thank you, uh, you too, listener, for listening to the Warlord Games official podcast. Uh, it has been, uh, as I said, awesome talking about this game. Um, look forward to uh, the much anticipated, a uh, lot of people have been asking me about the next episode, which, of course, will be Bolt Action Korea. Uh, that w episode will be upon us shortly. Uh, like the game itself, uh, it will be released soon by Warlord. Um, if you have any uh, requests or questions, um, or if you have anything that you'd like to pass on uh, to me, the guy who runs the Warlord cast, or to Warlord through me, um, I can be found through my personal podcast Facebook page, um, which is Cast Dice. 
If you search up C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E and you message that page, my name is Brad and I am the only one who answers that page. Um, I know that quite a few of you have been asking about both this game and the next one, Korea, uh, and I am looking forward to putting these out to appease you um, and to uh, to give you, uh, the, the fine Warlord listeners, uh, what you would like. Um, I know podcasts don't cost anything to download, um, but time really is money these days, and um, we at Warlord uh, and on this podcast would like to thank you for taking the time uh, to listen to us talk about the awesome games that Warlord is putting out. Without further ado, I think it is time to say good night, uh, and I look forward to talking Korea in the next episode. <laughs>